Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui Dos Santos, and we've got a great episode for you all. It's the second episode of the week. We had to get another one out there after that big win against Arsenal in the Champions League. Thanks to a wonder goal by Galindo in the last second of the game. And I have to, before we can get into it all, I have to dish it over to the biggest Galenu fanboy that I know, our co-host, <laughs> Jason Regu. What's going on, bro? How we doing? Mr. Champions League at it again, huh? Uh, our best Dude. player in the Champions League comes through. He almost had a chance to have two on the day, but uh, I'll take the one. Uh, the victory is huge for us, and let's get into this game because all everything we, we love and hate about Sergio was shown in this game, and, and the team just executed his game plan beautifully bro like that, that that's it man podcast is over that's it we're gonna wrap it up i i you, you couldn't have said it better like the the game plan the strategy this has to be the most perfectly executed champions league game under sergio and probably what we've seen with porto in the longest time I mean, for Sergio, 100%, but any other Porto game, maybe the Bayern Munich game of 2015, but I don't even think that game was as perfectly executed, perfectly drawn up. I mean, I don't I don't have any criticisms at all. Everyone played well. And it's such a cliche to, to say like, oh, team effort, all around, great win. But like everyone did their job. I mean... Can you think of another game this perfectly executed since not, probably 2004? Not in recent times. Maybe maybe the Village Bouge days with like Falcon Hulk where they would just completely dominate. But like yeah. not having the better team and us executing game plan to to bring us out on top. Like the the closest one to this was probably Porto versus Barcelona at home. But we didn't end up winning that game, so it's not like the game plan was executed perfectly, right? Like we did it for a majority of the match, and then we slipped up, and we ended up losing that game. But it's it is very similar. There's a lot of similarities between the two games in terms of tactics and what we did to win the game. But offensively in this game, we were much stronger than we were versus Barcelona. Yeah, and to add to the the defense, man, the midfield. Oh my gosh, that was oh. Can you believe that this is Otavio's second game starting? I mean, he, and, it's, and looked... it's amazing to it's amazing to hear this Otavio from Porto having a wonderful game, isn't it? <laughs> no. Like, it no, seems it... like forever ago since we were listening to <laughs> something like that, and it's like, wow, bro, maybe this is maybe this is the turnaround that we needed, even for for the league. Uh, it was. I, I can't even like continue just he was a rock out there and it wasn't even just the assist that he gave to Galeno he was so polished Arsenal couldn't do anything Saka got pocketed by Wendell our midfield was just that that duo of Nico Gonzalez and Alan Varela were were sublime I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better for a better performance from a duo like that and if those two play together like that in every single game this midfield is dominant. What what a solid effort! And I mean, I don't know. What what else do you have to add for that? Because it, it's, I just really, it, I think Otavio he adds so much, and I I think him and Pep is the longer they the more they play together, the better they're going to be together. I think they they complement each other well, 
And Otavio showed in this game, his first ever Champions League game, that he can ball with some of the best. Like, th- this Premier League team is, is in form. And uh, they, they had to come to our home, which is never going to be easy for any European side. And he showed that he could compete with some of Europe's best. So he's, he's done it in match two of his Porto career. So uh, it's, it's a positive thing to see. I hope he continues it. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the squad. And I really liked uh, Nico Gonzalez being in there. I thought he adds something that Stocky doesn't have. And that, that's the, just the forward passing. Stocky is yeah. very lateral. He's very just more. He's the safe pass, right? I thought Nico had a lot of positive passes out to the, the wings and the flanks. And uh, I think he, he broke some lines in this game that wouldn't have happened if Ishtaki was in the game. Yeah, his composure on the ball is is really, really good. And he's starting to really get into this rhythm. He's starting to improve every single game. And I'm, I'm really happy that, that Sergio integrated him back into the starting lineup just a few weeks ago. It seemed like Ishtaki was having a good season with us. And it looked like his, his starting spot was solidified. And here comes Nico Gonzalez. You know, working hard, getting his opportunity, and he's making the most of it. It's not just in this game; it's just games prior to this, leading up to this game. And what what a what a performance, man! And just Sergio in the Champions League, things just hit with him. Even in the losses that we have, they look good in games that we they they look like games that you know, against the bigger sides, whether it's Atletico Madrid and the Barcelona matches of the past. We just look like we're a very good team against some of the bigger giants in this competition that have gone really far in the competition over the last several years. And they're respectable performances. Uh, in, I have to ask you this. what What is the difference? Is it Champions League DNA and culture? Is it the competition that, I don't know, I guess, I guess Porto being an unfamiliar team to all these bigger teams, um, more talented teams, I guess, they tend to struggle against a team like Porto or what is the difference between this Porto side with Sergio Conceição in the Champions League compared to what we see in the league itself? I think the biggest is um, we're very comfortable without the ball. And when you play a better side, they're typically going to want the ball. And Porto doesn't want the ball in these instances because that's going to open, mm-hmm. open us up to the counterattack. So us not having the ball is a positive because when we, when we have the ball, we're going to have to open up. We're going to have to spread wide. We're going to have to possess it. And the more of that, that just that leaves us open to the transition with fast guys like Saka, creative guys like Martinelli, uh, even Odegaard. Like he, his passing lanes were not there. Porto were so tight, and us not having the ball helped that because we just didn't expose ourselves to any transition, any counterattacks. We stayed very composed and tight as a team. And when we go play in the league, you play a smaller side, right? We're, we're going to have a lot more of the ball, and it's going to be the smaller club that that's going to stay compact. And we're going to be vulnerable to the counterattack in those instances. So I think us being the underdogs and Sergio being a, one of the better defensive coaches in, in football today, this, this just works in our strength, right? And, and on top of all that, we this this leg's at home. So we're, we're just a, such a strong side at home with our crowd, with uh, the passion we play. And it's it's just a different team when we're at home. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy we got the 1-0 victory. We needed that goal. Um this is uh, this leg's far from over. We still have to go into England. It's going to be tough to go there, but uh, at least we're in the driver's seat, right? We we have the the plus one. There is no way goals anymore. So I'm just glad we we have that. Uh, it's, I wouldn't call it an insurance goal, but we have a, a tiny bit of room for error. But yeah. uh, it, it just it makes it that so that Arsenal has to go after this game, and yeah. we can kind of defend because that's going to be our game plan regardless. Yeah. 
definitely that uh, that cushion that you you love to get. You know, it's late on into the game. It seemed like we were just going to go in for a draw. It looked like we blew once again another opportunity where we could have taken a lead, like in those Barcelona games, like we did one game last year uh, against Atletico Madrid in the group stage. I think it was the first matchup against them. You know, it just seemed like it was just one of those stories again, or like that Inter Milan uh, knockout stage meeting that we had with them last year. Just finally, we just caught that break. And I felt that it, it, I felt good watching this game. I thought that eventually we were going to catch it, but given that that we were going so far into the second half not getting that goal it just seemed like a draw and i think you know for the most part we could have taken it and be okay with it and hopefully sneak something out uh in london but man this goal is definitely definitely huge and i think the pressure is really on arsenal now i'm i'm sure that they would have preferred to go home with a draw level aggregate or if they could sneak in a goal uh on the road against us and they weren't able to so definitely the pressure's on i think we have a little bit of a cushion here but as you said arsenal playing in england on the road it's never easy uh we tend to struggle over there so we definitely have to try and uh go in with the same intensity and and get this positive uh, result, and I think I think we can do it, man. I think I think to add on to the reasons why that Porto did well in this game is just having that experience against the bigger sides uh, over the years, consistently being in Europe, consistently putting in pretty decent results, positive results. Well, not positive in terms of points, but good and uh, respectable results against a much bigger. Uh, giants in Europe and I think this time we just prevailed and we had that extra oomph that extra uh, resiliency that pushed us through to the finish line and getting that that ultimate goal so um, I don't know what uh what are your predictions for this next round I know it's still early still a couple of weeks away but you think we're gonna we're gonna pull this through I believe we can, and if we do, I'm looking. I'm looking at like a one-one tie. I think this match, <laughs> there's gonna be shots on net on Diogo Costa, but uh, I'm confident he'll be ready to save as many as he can. He's a he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. It's actually hilarious that we we held Arsenal to zero shots on target. Um, it's even funnier that Diogo Costa <laughs> was chirping a little before this match, and I was telling Arsenal they need to prove that they're <laughs> anywhere near favorites of winning the, this title the Champions League. So uh, uh, hats off to the Porto defense. I thought Pepe had one of his uh, probably the best game he's had this season. Um, he just showed his experience in this tournament. He played with a ton of heart and he was so physical. Otavio complimented him well. He won so many tackles. He was he was a rock. He was a rock. And then on yeah. top of all that, when Pep and Otavio seemed to fail, Vidella was right there to clean up any mistake that happened. So it was it was so tough to break Porto down. You didn't even know Odegaard was in this game. None of his passing lanes were open. Um, I, I'd say literally Arsenal's only bright spot was Declan Rice. And to me, I, I think he was lucky not to be sent off in this match. He had that early yellow that Galeno drew, which was, mm-hmm. a, was absolutely a yellow. And uh, it was beautifully drawn by Galeno there. It was a mistake yep. on the passing. And it was a... It was a bad touch, and Galeno intercepted, and Declan took him out. Nice yellow, but I just don't know how Declan walks off this game without his second yellow. He, he had plenty of fouls. The referee even was hesitant to call any a few fouls that he let go, but he, he should have had a red. But, he, I mean, to me, he was the only bright spot in Arsenal for this match. I think we shut down Saka well. Wendell 1v1 defending was great, and then even when he needed Otavio's support, they cleaned that up well, and 
hats off to Juan Mario too. Like the right hand side, nothing came from there, man. Like it's yeah. Juan Mario's one v one defending was phenomenal on the day. And yep. hey, Chico and Galeno, man, they were getting after the outsides at Arsenal. The amount of individual uh, like dribbles and just the confidence they had, just Chico. Oh man, the, the fouls they drew were beautiful. It, it just shows that they can play at that higher level. Yeah, and you, you were mentioning before we were recording that it just even 1v1 against Arsenal, we really frustrated them. We had to force them to to make challenges on us, to get cards, just to slow down our play. And it's just, you kind of expected that from Arsenal. You expected Saka and even Martinelli, who was non-existent. I think Joao Mario pocketed him. Uh, I don't even know how many touches Martinelli had, but that left side was awful um, for Arsenal. I mean, it, I... I mean, it was it was surprising. It it was an it just adds to why this performance was just so great. You mentioned Varela being an absolute cleanup disruptor uh, back there, just screening the back the back four, and even just coming in in replace of the of of one of the center backs when they're covering uh, uh, the flanks and whatnot. He was just absolutely everywhere. Uh, what in also to add, it's not just defensively. It's not just his pressing. I think his ability to pass the ball is is absolutely underrated. I think he's so good uh, at finding, um, and not just lateral passes or anything or simple safe passes. He's not afraid of just sending it long or just feeding the flanks or feeding uh, the inside to Pepe. He is the complete, complete package. And for me... He was the man of the match. As much as I love Galeno, I thought he was incredible in this game. Uh, but Varela was just the anchor back there. And without him, he I don't know where we would have been in this game because his performance just really disrupted anything that Arsenal could do in this game. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I can see where where you say that. Just it's that goal is so big that we just can't give Varela <laughs> the man of the match. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. But this is one of those where this it's a one-zero victory, and that goal weighs so heavy that just Varela cannot earn. Like if Varela, if Varela scored the goal, like yeah, you would, would be just praising the man and tipping our hat. But that goal was so like huge for Porto that you just can't take away from it. And. and uh, I just couldn't believe Galeno was unlucky to score that first one, but I watched the replay and after it hits the post, that ball comes so fast at his foot that he he had no chance yeah. to even strike it. He was just directing the ball. It was ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It, it, I was it, upset. It definitely... And when I watched it live, I thought it was a goal, but uh, I watched the replay and he absolutely had no chance of even like just swiping his foot at the ball or anything. He It was just a redirection. And unfortunately he was unlucky. Yeah. I think it would have just been, it, it was a lot harder and a lot more unlucky than it was than it actually looked because just the, the pace of the ball just coming back to his foot and him just trying to swing it right into the goal because the second he tries to to uh, take a touch on that, it's coming off his foot or the defender is going to get there in time. So he just kind of had to like force something out of a sticky you know situation. He, I'm, I'm sure he wished the ball would come a lot uh, slower to him where he can redirect but he couldn't, the ball was just coming so fast. So it, it looked awkward. It was super unfortunate that he couldn't get it in the first time, but that second rebound was not as easy as it looked. Super bizarre, super frustrating, you know, and it was just that one of those moments after watching it, it's like, I think we we just kind of let our emotions get over what like what the possibility or what the circumstance actually was. 
because we want that goal and we see that it's Galeno. Um, I think we jump the gun and get frustrated with him that he missed it. But like when you really see it in real time, it has, it's not as easy as it looks. Um, And it, and I, I tweeted it out on our, on our page. I'm like, this play just like is like our season in a nutshell. And it's not even like Galeno's fault. It's just, we just can't buy a goal. It felt like we couldn't get it. Uh, and the most in the most impressive thing about this and the most resilient thing is uh, about our club and even with Galeno too, knowing that he's probably going to get shit from not scoring that goal, even though it wasn't as easy as it looked. He still found the strength to just keep having the game that he was having, getting involved, frustrating the, the Arsenal defense in midfield with his one on one dribbling and then just finding that goal, that shot. And it gave us life. It bailed him out of whatever shit he was going to catch. And it gave Porto the advantage. Declan Rice, I mean, he had a great game for Arsenal. For me, I think he was the only one that was really showing anything from the Arsenal side in this game. They were extremely flat. He showed way too much respect for Galeno on that one. And you know what? Kudos to him taking the the opportunity right there. He's like, yeah, you're going to give me this. You're going to give me this. Watch this. This. Uh this FIFA like goal where you just like hit the curler, you know, the broken goal uh, right that bumper, everyone maybe. loves to score. Right yeah. The right bumper uh, that everyone loves to score on the edge of the box. It's like, yeah, I'll make that a reality. And there it is, man. What an incredible goal. And we definitely needed it. And I think, I think Galinu definitely deserves a little bit of, uh, I guess, relief from some of the criticisms that he's been receiving. I think a lot of it's been unfair. I get it that he is, inconsistent at times but in this competition you got to go with them am i right yeah and the team's struggling as a whole so it's tough to pinpoint one guy which is frustrated with the team in the in the in the portuguese league but uh i mean dude like that goal coming that late worked in our favor at the end of the day because if we score that early one this game could be a complete different game like arsenal's gonna start playing more direct that's kind of what they have to do to even break us open because we're we're just gonna stay so compact so they just kept trying to play their game because they were comfortable with the zero zero result and the score at the time. So they're just they're continuing to possess. They're trying to play football the way Arteta wants them to play. But in this next game, they're going to have to play direct if they're going to break us down. It, they have no other choice. Porto is going to choose yeah. to stay compact, and the only way you're going to get through that is it's very quick transitions, and it has to be direct. Like you're going to have to be skipping lines, and it's going to be longer balls, and you, they're going to have to take a lot of chances with long balls in the next one. And it's going to be a lot yeah. more direct. Uh, the what they their tactics and what they had is gonna have to shift for sure. They're gonna have to game plan better for Porto and not just play the game they want to play. Right. So let's see what happens in that. Uh, I mean, like I'm telling you, Porto had 35 percent possession. Like they are infatuated. Right. They're so happy with that. They they did not want more of the ball. That would have just exposed them to Arsenal and their great attackers. Like Arsenal has great attackers and. The more you have the ball, your your guys are going to be in wide areas. There's going to be huge passing lanes. The less Porto has the ball, those passing lanes are not available for Arsenal because we're just compact and we're settled in. Like we're just we're defending and it's complete team defending. Everyone's yeah, playing a role. No I, one's taking plays off. And we and the better part is is like when we got the ball, we looked much more threatening than Arsenal did. And we only had 35% of that possession. We had one more shot than shot than Arsenal. We had two on target. Arsenal had zero on target. And it, it, 
it was beautiful. Like we were just, it was effective football at the end of the day. And whether you're a football purist or whatever you are, and you're knocking Porto for the way they won this game, this is how an underdog has to approach this game and win. And Porto did exactly what they needed. Arsenal had their chances. They had 10 corners. And the only way Arsenal was going to score in this game was off a corner or set piece. Open play was not the option. Yep. Yeah, and I was just uh, I was just about to mention about the the possession, and it even seemed more and more because um, just the way the the game was going, the blown opportunity, and I think I think we've all seen this so many times where we don't capitalize in uh, these games where we are the underdog and we have our chances and we don't we don't capitalize on it. I think Sergio saw that like I don't I don't want to say he was playing for a tie but you would think that Porto was going to be playing for a tie but when you look in the second half it seemed like Porto was even more in control um of the ball and Arsenal created even fewer chances um or even were they were limited to even just getting into our final third. All, the majority of their possession, which Porto's possession in the second half increased than it did in the first half. I believe they only had 29% in the first half, and then it went up to about 40-something in uh, in the second half. It, it was just really strange to me to see that even Porto, who seemed like they were in the position to settle for this draw, Arsenal weren't really going to go after or weren't able to to really get anything going. And it was the exact opposite. You saw Porto kind of just making the most of its possession. Every time they touched the ball, it seemed like they were drawing, they were being more threatening getting into the final third and they were drawing more fouls from the opposition. I mean, like it's, it's mind boggling to me to see how this, this all turned out because I, I thought that we were just going to settle for this draw and just play it out and hopefully just to sneak out, like a miracle goal, which did happen. Um, but I thought it was in a fashion where we were still kind of going for it. It still felt like we we had this opportunity to score where Arsenal never really had it. Yeah, I mean, and the big thing was, is we, we focused on defending and transitions and our transition was beautiful. Uh, like Arsenal was the team with the ball. They opened up. They tried to make the field big, and that meant the moment Porto got that ball, and they passed forward, and they, they attacked right at the backs. So they tried to skip as many lines as they could because the passing lanes were open, and they were able to get those 1v1s on the on the wings, and it's why Porto's attack was so effective is because Arsenal was getting very complacent. They were having comfortable possession, but Porto drew a line in the sand, and they said our line of engagement is here, and it wasn't past the past the halfway mark and that's why Arsenal had so much useless possession and it, it made them feel like they were in control of the game but it was almost an illusion because the moment Porto got the ball that transition was on and you have guys like Chiku and Galenu who are gonna get up the field fast because they're, they're not slow and they're not afraid to take people on one-on-one as much as we criticize them sometimes for holding the ball for too long or being ball hogs this was the game to do it this is how you drew fouls this is how you got up the pitch and this is how we exposed Arsenal and if you ask me this like this game, if this defined who Arsenal was, I would just call Arsenal a bunch of hacks, man, because they just could not defend 1v1 versus Porto in this match. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And I think the the most underrated thing in this game, too, is how composed we were on both sides of the ball. I felt that we were super disciplined, strong, organized, and compact. Um, we never really lost our shape. We were really cautious on the ball. We pressed the opposition, we were aggressive but conservative on, on the challenges that wouldn't lead to any transitions or to any goal uh, scoring opportunities for the opposition. I think we showed a great balance um, of aggression and discipline. Like it, this is, this is what I want to see 
uh, and being resilient at the end was just the icing on this on the cake. This had it had to happen. It was meant to be the way that we were just playing throughout the entire game, being the more threatening side, and finally just prevailing when it mattered most. And it just had to be. What a great night! And it's just so surreal to me, man. I, I'm like still pumped about this victory and just I'm more happy about the way we played and went about it than the victory itself it was just it was just great to to watch this is the Porto that we love to see that was such a a lot of yeah it was a Porto victory and this was just this is what non-Porto fans remember about vintage Porto in Europa League in the Champions League this is what we were always uh, made of. And for a second, I thought we were starting to lose that. And here we are, another historic and great performance in the Champions League. But we can't get too ahead because there's still a second leg to this. And we can't get to where we were with Bayern after the first leg because yep. Arsenal are going home. That's their sanctuary. They do really well at home. And we don't have a great record uh, in England on the road So in the Champions League. So... Let's celebrate this one, but let's not get too far ahead. Exactly. All right. Jason, any last any last bits about this game before we get into the, the Twitter questions? We got quite a few of them. Uh, just about the next matches. We need to make sure we do not let up a goal in the first half. If we can weather the storm in the first half, because the first 20 is going to be hell. They're going to throw everything, whether that's long ball, that's shooting from 30 yards out, or just they're going to be trying everything. And if we can weather the storm in the first half next game, that is how we go through, whether that's with a 0-0, 1-1, 2 victory. But we need to make sure we do not let up a goal in those first 20 minutes. And if we can mm-hmm. go the whole first half without conceding, we will be in the driver's seat. Yep. Let's see how that plays out. We'll definitely do a preview before the game. So we'll we'll do, yeah, we'll do a preview for sure. Anyway, let's go on to the best part of the show. Our first question comes from FCP1992 at FCP1992. What a coaching performance that was by Sergio. A couple of questions with Porto hanging by a thread for UCL next year. Um, are you afraid that we will sell Alan Varela in the summer due to our financial situation? And do you think one goal is enough to go back to London knowing our record in England is quite poor? Forza Amigos. Hmm. <laughs> no, I, I don't I mean, think Alan Varela is our ticket um, to make up for any financials. We were to discuss this in the past. I think Diego Costa is the big ticket item that we're going to sell and it's going to help a lot of our financial woes. Mm-hmm. I think Alan has at least one more season. Uh, I mean, I'll, the only way is if <sighs> we beat Arsenal and Arsenal buys him, but I, I don't think he'll be gone that fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think Declan Rice was taking notes watching Alan Varela play? Just, yeah, I mean, he should. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got respect for Declan Rice. He's, yeah, no, he's, he's a good a, baller. He's a, he's a quality baller. Yeah. Yeah. Give us $120 million in Declan Rice for Alan Varela. We'll take that for sure. <laughs> But I don't know, man. I think uh, I think Alan Vidella, th- this performance, and if he gives another performance like this in the Champions League and continues to do well in the league, I wouldn't be surprised if some team is just going to come across and be like, hey, we'll give you the $120 million for this kid. And at that point, Porto cannot say no if the player says yes. And they'd be foolish to ever even attempt to just keep him. Once $120 millions is is on the table, you you got to take it and run. And I'm not saying like... 
that it's going to happen, but there could be a possibility. Play teams in in the EPL are willing to pay this kind of money for for up and coming players. And this performance, I think Owen Vettel is just a different breed compared to like the Enzos and 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 João Felix's the players that just went out from Benfica. This guy is just like a roll your sleeves up type of player. He's a dirty, dirty he gets his hands dirty. You know, he's he's a blue collar defensive midfielder that is the complete package. And I think a lot of teams want that on their team. This kid's got a lot, a lot of potential. Um, and yeah, we kind of touched up on the second part of this question. We kind of touched up on it. Do we think it's is one goal enough to get by in London, given our track record in England? What do you think about that? I think it's enough, but like I said, we we need to give the same performance and we can't let up any early goals. If we let up early goal, the floodgates will open because we're gonna have to yeah. go after the game. So just can't let up the early let up the early one, and I think the one nil can be enough. With with the way this team's playing, if they bring the same performance and it carries over and they can find a way to bring this energy from home on the road, mm-hmm. they can do it. But it's it's never easy playing on the road in Europe and then it's even harder going in the Emirates, so We'll see, but I believe it's enough. But it's it's going to be no easy task. So we'll see what yep. happens. Yep, we got to get that. We have to have that momentum going into halftime, and we got to keep the crowd out of the game. We got to we have to have the momentum going into halftime in in the second leg for sure. So it could definitely happen. That one goal is definitely a huge help. So it's it's a big boost. It's not going to say it all, but it's definitely a boost. And I'm sure Arsenal would have loved to go into the Emirates. Uh, with a one goal lead in aggregate so definitely big but it won't it doesn't mean that we are 100% through because there's a lot of football to be played a lot can happen Diogo Costa uh, and it's like typed up with numbers and the letter four as the a at the last at the at the end of the name can you talk about how the next five uh, the next five matches will shape up the season, Benfica and the return leg in that run. So what do we got here for the next five games? We have Gil Vicente on Sunday. Then we have the, oh yeah, we have the Clásico the following Sunday, March 3rd. Porto's at home in that one. Then we have the win against, uh, win, the game against Portimonense a week later. And then a few days later, we have the Arsenal game. And then after that is the Vizela Let's say that we have to win all of them and we can only afford a draw against Arsenal. Uh, If we want to get that Champions League spot, second place spot, we have to beat Benfica. There's no exceptions. We can't draw. We can't lose. Uh, We have to win. And if we win, we cut it to four points, their lead. And then they have to go and play Spartan still. And I think Spartan is going to have that revenge tour for sure. And I think they're going to be at home as well. So uh, then then it's definitely possible to to get that second place spot. And I think that's our objective this season. We talked about on the last episode, Champions League spot in the league and just go as far as we can in the Champions League because that extra money in case we don't go to the Champions League next year, it's definitely going to it's definitely going to help with the burden of not being in the competition. What say you? Yeah, I mean, it's either that or you win the Champions League, which yeah, that's just unlikely. So yeah. we, we need to win out. We can't afford to drop any more points. We have too many losses in the season, including draws with drop points. So we, we need to stay focused. And this energy from the Champions League needs to carry over and just find a way. Just get these guys confident, right? Our team's getting better. 
this year it feels like we're getting better a little too late in the season. So let's let's hope we hit our stride now. Yeah. And for some reason, Gilles Vicente and Arsenal are just, you know, it's not going to be the same. It's when you start playing against these teams in Portugal, it's a different Porto. And that's what I'm afraid of. I hope we come out with like five goals in this game on the road and get a solid convincing win. We definitely need that. Next question. Well, it's not really a question, but we're definitely going to throw it out there. Our friend Justin M at Justin M underscore NFL. Never want to hear Porto fans complain about Galeno ever again. Inconsistent, yes, but on his day, terrific display of speed and strength and always shows up for these UCL games dating back to last season and even years before in the Europa League. I'll always say that. He has a great track record there. And yeah, I think, you know, I never want to be so hard on him. Um, I don't think he should lose his spot. Is he frustrating? 100%. Does he make dumb decisions? Yes. Is he Luis Diaz? Absolutely not. Um, But on his day, he's great. And I absolutely love seeing him when he plays well. And it's frustrating when he doesn't, but you got to take the the good with the bad. And there's a lot of there's a lot more good than bad that comes out of Galeno. That's what I have to say. So I don't like to give him too much shit, but I won't be giving him any shit for quite some time if I ever do. But yeah, I think uh, I think Porto fans need to ease up a little bit on him. I think I think his criticism, the criticism he gets sometimes, can be a little unfair. But I'll dish it over to the the Galeno fanboy, Jason. I mean, he's, he's just a beautiful player, but. uh yeah i mean he he needs to his production needs to be a a bit higher in the league he needs to find a way to score and i I get the team's not in good form but he needs to maybe find a way to lift the team or have some individual performances where he can carry a little bit he's the caliber of player he has the skill to do it so so do it go show us what you're capable of right don't don't take nights off um is the criticism harsh yeah i think so i mean that's any fan. I, th- I think when people are upset, they let their emotions get the best of them and they start saying some yeah. wild shit and it's just not true. But uh, yeah, let, let, come on, Galeno. Score us a couple goals in the league. make it, Get us some Ws and we'll be a little happier with you. But yeah, I, I don't think he deserves all the praise for this game because he's just been, yeah. he's been phenomenal in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a, uh, it, it can get frustrating for a lot of people because he's got a real important role. He has that Luis Diaz role to fulfill and uh he's he's that guy on on the attack that he's supposed to be the main guy creating facilitating and all that stuff um so he's he's always gonna get a lot of shit but i think a lot of it is unfair i think he's still a good player and i i i don't see him not starting i don't think he should be on the bench at all he should be starting especially in the champions league games because this guy i don't know what it is but he just loves it and I love it too. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does in the second leg because five goals, four assists in this competition. He's the best player in the Champions League right now. And it's it it's not even it's not even a word of a lie. He's the most efficient player this year in the Champions League, which is insane. Jack Hacken at Companator. Is Jason Luis Ferrej's doppelganger, or is it the other way around? And how would Jason do if he had to coach Riwa for a game against Porto? But seriously, 
I love the podcast and its return. Keep up the good work. Also, congratulations on the home renovation. I mean, oh, I'm man Jack. What a nice <laughs> guy. Know. And what a man. Are, are you? <laughs> are you Luis Freire's, uh, uh, like I guess not evil twin, but like yeah, twin. I'm his American I mean, counterpart. Yeah, I'm his American counterpart. That's it. He's a little older than me. Um, I'll take it. I, I respect it. He's a good coach. And well, what was the second part of that question? If I had to coach Rio versus Porto. Yeah, and you're you're Rioav's coach. How how are you going to address this situation? Oh, we're going we're going three five two, and we're locking it in and focusing on the transition, and exposing the old guys in the back, man. Yeah, let a we're, let a couple of them let a couple of them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know. and then nah, I'm going for the win, man. I don't I don't lose. I don't care who I'm, <laughs> I don't care if I'm coaching as Porto. When I when I go to war, I go to war. That's just how it is. That's I it. think I think Sergio's the same way. Sergio would respect it. So, so yeah, what a nice guy. Even congrats on the home renovation and everything, man, and loves the podcast. Happy for the return. So we appreciate you, Jack. Uh, and he no longer has the uh, Casapia enjoyer. I just noticed that. <laughs> or Casapia enthusiast <laughs> in his name. All right. Matt's at Matt's Attack 9. Do you know anyone who has a spare ticket for Arsenal away? Any advice is appreciated. I'd welcome another trip to London. Well, Matt's, I hope you get over there, man. I know you're not too, too far away from London, and I hope you can get tickets. I have no idea how to get tickets for an Arsenal game. I'm assuming, I think here in the States, you can get it like on Ticketmaster and stuff like that. They're available, they're available on on that platform right but uh then again StubHub, right yeah stub hub yeah that's yeah. what it is but because matt doesn't live there. in the u.s yeah so i don't know man uh you gotta ask one of your arsenal buddies that had to buy you uh, a drink at the bar that you were like mentioning or whatever or you bought them a shot because you felt bad for them ask one of them how they can get tickets for for you to go not them make sure you <laughs> have them get you the tickets um that would be epic to go and I know the the Porto tickets. I'm assuming all the members because they're going to have access to buying those tickets first, and then it's usually available to the public whatever is left over. So I'm assuming it's going to be sold out because there's not too many seats that are going to be available for the Porto fans. So I don't know, man. It's going to be a tough one. I think you're going to have to sit with a bunch of Arsenal fans on this one. So I don't know. I would ask around because for England, I have no idea how to get tickets for those games. Last question comes from Graeme at Graeme5599. I hope I said your name right. I apologize if I didn't. How far do you think Porto can go into the Champions League? Jason, what do you think about this one? How far are we going? I think we can keep going as long as we don't catch Man City. I, I just don't see us having a solution for that team. Us wanting to pack it in just won't matter, man. And... Mm. I think I have hope against every side in the Champions League today except for Man City. So let, let's believe. Let's win this next one against Arsenal, and then let's talk after that. One game at a time. That's how we have to take this. Oh, man. I don't know. I think I think we're going all the way to the final, and we're losing to Real Madrid. <laughs> we beat him. We beat no. him. If we go to the final, we beat, we beat him. him. Oh, yeah. I think Real Madrid only lost one final in their entire history. 
Actually, I don't even know. Do they even have the brackets out? Because it's not until the quarterfinals, right, where they where you yeah, can see think, who you're going to play. The, yeah, I don't think the brackets. Are yeah, right. I don't know. It, it, like I could I could see us potentially going to a semifinal, but it all depends on how how it all goes. If there's other upsets, if we get an easier team or an easier side of the bracket, a lot of this is all speculation until until they have the the bracket set out in the quarterfinals, kind of like what we saw. How like I think last year Benfica and Napoli, Milan and Inter were all on one side of the bracket and Porto too. Yeah. Um, and that was like, like th- there was an actual chance that if like Porto could have went to the final last year, I truly believe that that they could have went to the final had they beaten uh, Inter Milan, and it was so close to happening. It could have happened, and then what would have happened after that? Porto would have played against Benfica, which would have been epic, and I I'm pretty confident that we would have beat them. Then an AC Milan side, so I don't know. A lot of this, this, these things can happen for sure. So it depends. So I, I don't know. I think we can go semifinals tops, but we got to get out of this game first before anything, before we can make any sort of speculation. I think it's easier to make the prediction when you know what your road could potentially be. So, Jason, I think that does it. I think it's a good Any one. Any last words? I think... Uh, I, no, I, I say go celebrate this Porto victory. We, we've been in shambles for quite a bit. I think uh, the Porto fans deserve to to have a little toast and uh, enjoy yeah. this because this is uh, this is what Porto is all about here. And uh, yeah. let's let's go into the second game with some uh, confidence and pride represent, representing our squad. And uh, mm-hmm. let's go. Let's go, vamos, and vamos. yeah, let's let's celebrate this. You know, it's, it's Friday night. Have a nice vinho de Porto, yep. uh, or two, or maybe three, or whatever. But um, let's celebrate this one. It's we haven't had that much positivity, like you know, like a streak of positivity. It's always been like there's always something wrong. And this this episode is dedicated to a good performance, a good win, and I think we should enjoy it for a little bit until Sunday when we play Gil Vicente. So. So you guys enjoy this game. If you can, it's the weekend. Have a good weekend. And once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Follow us on Twitter at FCPortupodENG, on Instagram, PortupodENG, on Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, hit the five stars. Leave a review. It helps us grow. And we will see you all on the next episode.